Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire for Friday, September 8th. First NFL game is in the book. We got a dub. How about that? Called my shot, Lions. I said 31-30. I'll take 21-20. Money line. I know a lot of you cash because I got your text messages. Some of you are friends. And then I got the DMs from buddies. Guys, how about that game? It's almost like, I don't know. The Chiefs look. Kind of sort of vulnerable. We'll dig into all of that. All the drops by Kadarius Tony. Me looking like an idiot starting Sky Moore in fantasy. Oh my gosh. Um, we'll get into that. Obviously, we have a monster interview with David Baker, who has done exceptionally well historically in the big money million dollar Vegas contest. You're going to love that interview. And at the end of the podcast, I can't believe I did it. 15 minutes worth of best bets. Like a moron, I tried to break down every single game. You can't bet on every single game and win. You've got to be selective, and I try to, you know, um, talk you guys through my process from some of them. Got a lot of bets. We'll see how they shake out. But obviously, first, we got to start with the Kansas City Chiefs, who, for large stretches of the opener in KC, looked woefully inept on offense. Chiefs fans, um, you know, they're out on the ledge. They are concerned. They didn't think the Kadarius-Tony-Skymore combo, that wasn't going to be a problem. We're good. Kadarius-Tony, he's got juice. He's got pop. Skymore, was he a second-round pick? I loved him coming out of Western Michigan. I had him in the first late first round of my mock. According to the stats, they combined, not just those two, but all the receivers, for four drops, tied for the second most ever in a game that Mahomes was a quarterback in Kansas City. Second half. 
when targeting wide receivers, Patrick Mahomes was 2 of 12. And of course, the pick six got Detroit back in the game when the Detroit offense, which we'll get to shortly, was stuck in the mud. That pick six right off the hands of Kadarius Toney. And, you know, you go online, you're going to see, like, Chiefs fans have broken down all the drops. Like, Kadarius Toney had a rough night. It's much easier when, uh, you know, you're the number three option. You know how I like to talk about men's league and basketball? I'm not a number one option, guys. I'm a realist. I love hoops. I love taking shots. I'm best in a five-man group. I'm, I'm, if, if we're the number four option and, I, and I'm fourth, like, we're good. If I'm the fifth option, we're not losing. Now, if I'm the second option, we're probably going to be in some trouble. Kadarius Tony has had a nice life as, you know, third guy, fourth guy, slot guy. The spotlight was on him tonight. He was the dude, Kelsey out. Which is, by the way, the smart move. I think it was smart to sit Kelsey. He should be back for the Jacksonville game. But Kelsey and Sky Moore, they, I mean, they could not separate. Uh, Mahomes got hit seven times, three of them by Aiden Hutchinson, and it should have been way more because, oh my gosh, and we talked about it here on the podcast. We love to talk about the trenches. I know people don't love to, t- to dig into tackles and guards and centers. Just go look at the Kansas City Chiefs starting new tackles, brand new, and they looked overwhelmed. Mahomes, you can't, receivers can't separate. They missed Juju, at least he could separate. And then the guys he is throwing to aren't making catches. I mean, it's Bell... It's Rice, who, by the way, I got in an auction league. I had him in the starting lineup, but I had to pull him. I'm like, there's no way he's doing anything. Of course, he catches a touchdown. Sky Moore, zero. Non-factor. Embarrassing. But I I know I'm bagging on the Chiefs a little bit here, but let's be real, guys. Without Chris Jones, they struggled to stop the run. Now, for three quarters, well, I'd say for two and a half quarters, they largely bottled up the run. The kid Gibbs... The young kid out of Bama, he's a transfer. He was at Georgia Tech. He goes to Bama. Remember, I had a Heisman ticket on him last year. I talked about that. It didn't come close to sniffing the Heisman. But he looked, I mean, that guy's spry. He is just bouncing around, absorbing hits. And I was waiting for more usage from him. It seemed like maybe they don't trust him as much. I think he had seven carries compared to like 21 for Montgomery. Montgomery looked good. Well, bottom line, the Chiefs got bullied. They got pushed around in the trenches. And they missed Chris Jones. And the receivers dropped a million passes. Like Mahomes and Reed are good. But that looked like a little too much to overcome. So now, Kansas City has to go on the road to a fired up Jacksonville Jaguars team that played them reasonably tough last year. I know they won by 7-10. and 10. I think it was 7-10. and 10. And we'll talk about it in best bets. Jacksonville might need to be on upset alert this week against Indy. Overlooking Indy. Anthony Richardson, no Jonathan Taylor. And I just wonder if maybe Jacksonville's susceptible this week because they're looking ahead to next week. Kansas City 0-1 going on the road to a, you know, a good team, a playoff team. And if Kelsey's back, it ain't going to be easy. I'm just telling you that right now. And oh, by the way, Jawan Taylor, one of the Kansas City tackles who struggled mightily and was offsides on every play and they only called it once late. He played in Jacksonville last year. So I think Trayvon Walker... And uh, company, they're familiar with his work. It's not going to be easy for Kansas City next week, folks. Now, a quick word about the Lions. I didn't think they looked great. I'll be honest. The early drive where they went for it on fourth down, very ballsy, loved that call. And they end up scoring on that drive. They looked great on that drive. Almost every other drive was garbage. 
They get into the red zone. Jones with the brutal fumble. That was a killer. And it looked like they just didn't have the confidence. Uh, Goff missing throws. Um, it, it just was not clicking for Detroit for long stretches. And, of course, the defense kept them in it, although you could argue it was a Kansas City offense or lack thereof. And then Branch, the young kid out of Alabama, gets lucky. Interception off Tony's hands right into his bread basket, and we got a tie game. And they hung around, hung around, and then that big catch by Josh Reynolds. Shout out to Josh Reynolds. Um, his, uh, his new wife used to work at Fox. I know her well. Josh Reynolds had a huge catch and run at, at, on that instrumental uh, game-winning uh, go-ahead drive in the fourth. Super happy for Josh Reynolds. And this team will be getting Jamison Williams back uh, I think week six for the gambling. And we're just scratching the surface in Detroit. I didn't think they looked great, but this was a tall order to go to the defending champs on the road and pull off the dub. I don't know, Rob. I don't want to go overboard, but I'm already regretting not putting the Lions in the NFC uh, North uh, first place spot. I have them missing the playoffs. I had them. Remember, I had them in the playoffs, and I backed off at last minute looking regrettable because – that team's got some talent, man. Amara St. Brown's excellent. Gibbs is real shifty. I, I like that team. The offensive line looked good, made plays. And the defense, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, they got a little lucky there, fortuitous. But um, a, a nice win for Detroit. You take it however you can get it, and then you move on to, to week two. Yeah, you need to stop drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid right now, Jason. That, that was <laughs> not a good performance by either team. Like, neither team should feel good about them. I guess if you're Detroit because, you know, you're a poverty franchise historically. So when you get a win like this, this is probably their Super Bowl, you know, of the last five years, if I were to get. Like, you know, they just haven't been good. So to get a win like this on opening night against the defending champions on the road, I understand why they would be excited and you would see the guys on the gram, you know, having fun. But when Dan Campbell is asked after the game, like, hey, what'd you learn about your team in a win like this? And his answer is, quote, I didn't learn anything. I got a verification of what I already knew. So you knew that your offense was mostly inept. You knew that uh, your defense going against a team without their only good receiving option was still allowing guys to run free in the secondary that you could not actually sack Patrick Mahomes, even though you could pressure the heck out of him. He was killing you on these little seven, eight yard scrambles that kept extending drive and extending drive that ultimately would fail because of the chief wide receivers. And the only reason that you won this game is because, as you mentioned it, a fluke pass that hits a receiver right in the hands that bounces directly to your safety for a pick six. Otherwise, the Chiefs win this game. As bad as they played, they win this yeah. game were it not for okay. that Kadarius Tony drop pick six. Well, On the flip side, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you're, I, Rob, you're a bit of a hater here. Uh, let's be real. How am I being okay. a hater? Well, let, let's be real. The Detroit defense showed up lo, without looking at the box score. Longest carry by a Kansas City Chief. Running back. Not Mahomes. Running back. You want to guess how long it was? Six yards. Seven. They, yeah. That defensive line dominated the trenches. Like, last year, Detroit couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. They got run over by everybody except somehow Green Bay. So I was impressed with the defense. Now, Ben Johnson, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I'm not drinking the blue Kool-Aid, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the, I, I thought the defense was impressive. Listen, Mahomes averaged 5.8 yards per attempt. That is rinky-dink garbage. Like, Goff was at 7.2, I believe. So it's all like guys can't get open, and guys are dropping passes, and Mahomes is, like, scrambling for his life. Now, do we don't give Detroit a little bit of credit for that? 
I mean, you get credit for winning, but I don't know how you would come out of the game talking shit. Like, I don't think you should feel great about their performance that they put on. Okay. If, if The only thing that I will say that, you know, if you're a Lions fan, you feel good about is at the end of the game, when you're trying to kill clock and on that drive, mm-hmm. the, the drive to score the touchdown to go ahead and then the drive to end the game running the football is they were able to pound the ball with David Montgomery. And that's something that good teams should be able to do. You know, in the fourth quarter, when you you know what's coming, and they're still able to execute the way that they did, that's something they should be happy about. Hmm. They they, okay. they ran behind the left side of the offensive line, and they did what they had to do. And then on the flip side in Kansas City, I, I must have the wrong source here because I got it from a a Chiefs media personality who put it out there, but he tweeted out that Kadarius Tony finished with one receiving yard, one catch for one receiving yard. Negative one rushing yards. This guy gave Tony credit for four drops. If ESPN saying the whole team only had four drops, then I don't know yeah. what to say. But four drops, one of those drops leading to the pick six, and he called it, quote, the worst performance any skill player has ever had. And Ever? I, I, I don't know if that's incorrect. They're, like, up. They're bitter, huh? That, that was a bad performance. So, it was. And then the other thing, and I know Kadarius Tony's taking a lot of heat, but... ESPN has like their advanced catch percentage plus expected. Like, you know, we're kind of really deep in the weeds here. But of their receiving core, only two guys had a positive catch percentage above expected. Marquez Valdez Scantley had a huge one because he had that big catch early on that yep. led to that uh, touchdown in the second quarter. Uh, Justin Ross had one. I think he only had one catch. So I guess they said he had a positive. Everybody else was negative, peaking with Kadarius Tony. Minus 58.9% and Sky Moore minus 61.3%. And this brings me back, I know the middle roundabout way of saying this, is something that we've been talking about for a few weeks now. I mentioned it earlier on the pod about Travis Kelsey, about him getting hurt. And I think yesterday's podcast is if you're Patrick Mahomes and you're Travis Kelsey, and I know I'm banging on this drum, but you keep giving team-friendly deals, even though... The sports agent world called the Patrick Mahomes deal the worst in NFL history. Travis Kelsey goes on record to Vanity Fair saying that he knows that he's underpaid and sometimes he feels taken advantage of. But you do that for a reason, right? In their eyes, they're doing it so they can have teams, uh, the weapons around them so they can be in the Super Bowl hunt year in and year out so you can have guys around you. While they're taking less money and their best defensive player's not there because he's not getting paid what he should get based on the market value. And... More specifically, you're taking less money so that if something happens to Travis Kelsey, you have a wide receiver core of guys you can count on. And what we saw last night in opening night football is not only is this Chiefs wide receiving core unproven, it looks like easily the worst wide receiver core in the NFL. The guys are dropping passes left and right. There's no explosiveness outside of, you know, what schemed open. I don't see these guys winning one-on-one battles. Yeah. Kansas City, they got to do something. I know when Travis Kelsey is going to come back, it's going to regulate a lot of things, but they need to be in the market for some kind of trade before the deadline to get another receiver. Just th- not, even, not even a game-breaking receiver, but just someone you can count on in pressure situations because what they have right now obviously is not it. Didn't the Rams add OBJ like at the deadline? Uh, or was that... Before the season, I'm, I'm, but when they went, no, the that season, was at the deadline from Cleveland. Deadline. Yeah, that, that's like a good move. Um, so 
I don't know. I think a lot of people missed this game because they were like, oh, no Kelsey, no big deal. Like, you've been working on a game plan for week one for weeks. You've been installing stuff. And then three days before the game, your best offensive skill position player goes down. And it's like, that. that's like no time to, to, to completely change the entire program. And it looked like it kind of a dysfunctional team, right? Like they didn't... It just didn't seem crisp and buttoned up, very unread like, and I think that happens because Kelsey was ruled out so quickly, and then it, and then it was like, well, he's going to give it a go before the game, and it was like, well, wait a sec, is he going to play? Is he not? Like they had to change a lot of things quickly, and they just didn't do a great job. And let's be real, the offensive tackles did not look good. Um, I don't want to go overboard bashing the Chiefs. It is one game; they will be okay. I don't think that Jacksonville game is going to be a cakewalk. I'm very curious what the line is. Let's just say Jacksonville beats the Colts. Like, I don't know. What are the Chiefs? Three-point favorites in Jacksonville? Or three and a half? Are they? I don't know. We'll find out because uh, <laughs> I don't know. that. I think the number could be a little shorter than that. Jacksonville is going to be feisty. Now, I do want to look at the Lions because the Lions deserve some props. I got buddies who are Lions fans. I know. Imagine that, Lions fans. And they're texting me, get on the bandwagon, Jay. Remember two years ago, I tried this, guys. I was I was all about the Lions, and they just, you know, crapped their pants and made me look like a jackass. Um, I'll quickly point this out. Detroit hosts Seattle next week. That game, if I remember last year, it was super close. Seattle got a close win, I think. Then Detroit hosts Atlanta. Then Detroit goes to Green Bay. Rob, are any of these teams tough? Then Detroit hosts Carolina. Then Detroit goes to Tampa. You've got to go all the way to week seven to find a real tough game for the Lions, given what we just saw. Now, again, I'm not saying they're automatically beating Seattle, but, like, all of a sudden, that's a stealing a win over Kansas City. Like, I think you've got to, just based off that alone, all things being equal health, Detroit's a 10-win team now, right, Rob? I think that's a fair statement. I mean, but the thing is, do you think they played well against Kansas City? I, I, That's what it, well I know that they, they won, to. but ultimately, right. do you think that they played well? Because I don't. On, I think at, Ben Johnson was, was getting too cute. Jared Goff, when he was pressured, wasn't, you know, I mean, that's been his MO for a while. When he's pressured, he's not that great. And outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, who's awesome, the guys on the outside are very inconsistent. Yeah. Well, again, I think the pushback would be, well, it's in Arrowhead against the defending Super Bowl champs. Now, I know their Minus defense their is great. Defensive and there's no player. Chris Jones. Yes, right. all that. Um, but this has to be a huge positive um, to, to steal a win on the road. And again, I, I just rattled off some of the schedule, bro. Like, th- there's just not a lot of tough here. Um, they do have a big date with Dallas later in the season. Um, that's on uh, Saturday night. Um, yeah, that's a Saturday night special. But, like, these are the quarterbacks the Detroit Lions go, go from facing Patrick Mahomes, who tried to make chicken shit out of chicken whatever they had yesterday, whatever they had in the game. <laughs> so they're facing – I forget this thing. So they're facing Geno Smith, Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, Baker Mayfield. Those are the next six quarterbacks they're facing, Rob. Not exactly murderers, row. I'm sorry. Those are the next five quarterbacks they're facing before Lamar Jackson. And then it's your boy, Jimmy G. And then it's, you know, Herbert and Fields and – but, like, there's a window here where the Lions suddenly are, like, 5-0. and Like, I think—and, again, it is one week. Don't want to overreact, but 
I don't know, man. You go from facing Patrick Mahomes to like Bryce Young? What, you nervous about Bryce Young? See how many receivers are out for Carolina this week? Anyways, they're in the best bet. Without further ado, let's get to our guest, David Baker, professional gambler, professional poker player. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy who's been on the pod a few times um, over the last few years. Great gambler. He's dominated those Vegas contests that I so badly want to win. David Baker. How are you, Dave? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to join you. Always one of my favorite podcasts to do every year. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Every year, week one, we got we got to have you on because you just crushed the contest. First of all, let's ask: Are you doing um, just the circa? Are you doing the Survivor? How many big money Vegas contests have you entered this season? Uh, me and my partner uh, Mark Gregorich, we maxed out the Survivor, which is. Uh, 10 each. She did 10. I did 10. And then um, <laughs> we did, uh, we, we were in the contest of, you know, the pick'em contest at Survivor. 
um, have a few entries there and have a few entries at the Westgate Super Contest. Circus kind of the big boy in town, but uh, we won Westgate, so we have a little affinity mm. towards Westgate. Uh, humor the audience, uh, the survivor. You have 10 entries each. Um, it's a thousand to enter the circus contest, the season long one. How much is it to enter the, uh, survivor contest? Yeah, they're a thousand each. Um, you know, uh, this is a, this is who he is guys. (laughs) Look, that, I mean, the fact of the matter is there's not many things out there that you got a chance to win 8 million or uh, 6 million or whatever it is. So sometimes you got to fire your shot. I actually got friends who have conglomerates who have like more and whatever, but, um, you know, we try to be somewhat responsible. I know uh, 20 might sound like a lot, but it's really not. No. I'm, you know, there's it, in in reality, those contests are filled with groups who have, you know, a lot more. Um, but that doesn't really mean you don't really need that many entries to win. I mean, I think a majority of the ones who have won have had like just a few entries or maybe one or whatever. So, um, look, the paths are hard and. We do something a little bit different than some guys. Some guys choose a path where they'll just, you know, diversify and always lose like a team a week or whatever because they have so many different ones. We pretty much just kind of go all in on a couple teams each week and try to get as uh, as many entries as through as possible. Um, we had a shot a few years ago. Last year, we had 10 entries and we were out week one. So, you know, that's how it goes. Jeez, so last year, I'll never forget, I do. I was doing an online one, and I'm like one of the final 12 people. And I look, and it said, I, I think I had two entries in this one. And it looked, and it was like, you know, Joe Bob Sports dash seven. And I was like, this guy's got seven entries? I've got no chance again. It's just simply a numbers game. So humor me. L- let's talk about week one Survivor. From my point of view, and I'm in several of them, it is Baltimore, who, which is uh, as of currently nine and a half point favorite against uh, Houston, uh, rookie quarterback in Houston and in Baltimore. And Washington, a seven-point favorite over Arizona at home. I don't think I can look anywhere else besides those two, but is there a game I'm perhaps overlooking that you see some value in? Maybe Minnesota, Tampa? I I don't know. So there's a couple different ways to attack Survivor. The first one being you can just play what you think is the best play and just try to get your teams through. The other one is trying to leverage the fact that a lot of people will be on one side versus the other. I mean, clearly the best pick this week is Baltimore from a pure um, who's more likely to win this week. And Washington would be second just based on the point spread. But you also have to look at the fact of, you know, how much more likely is it that Washington wins than, say, Seattle? where Seattle might have 3% of the entries and Washington might have 40% of the entries. So, you know, if, if, if they're both like 80% to win, you know, you're basically leveraging your spot. Whereas if one of them is going to lose one out of five times, and it's just kind of random, which one it is. If Washington's the team that loses, all of a sudden you're in a survivor with 40% of the people gone. Whereas if you play Washington and Seattle loses, you're in a survivor pool that has 97% of the people left. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Uh, I mean, from my standpoint, we, my, my partner and I were discussing it today, and Baltimore is 100% not going to be our play. That's for sure. Um, not because, good. <laughs> yeah, well, they're just going to be popular. And right. there are a lot of other spots to use Baltimore. 
And to win this thing, you're going to have to take some chances. So um, we're not definitely not going to take Baltimore because they have other games throughout the year. We would rather keep them. So our real our thought process is do we want Washington and lean into the chalk, which is, I think, going to be pretty heavily played because there's no spot other on the entire car and the entire um, season that Washington's a good play. So you can lean into Washington and just accept the, the ownership or you can fade them and just think, Hey, it's Sam Howell. It's, um, you know, banged up Terry McLaurin and who knows what we're going to get out of this Cardinal team. I mean, everybody thinks they stink, which they probably do, but this is the NFL. And I mean, whatever, I mean, they have athletes too, and it's not like Washington's, uh, you know, so if you want to avoid them, I think the best, most logical spots to look are Minnesota and Seattle, um, just because they're at home, they're playing four teams. Uh, so the other spot that we're kind of thinking is maybe get a little outside the box and use Atlanta. Atlanta is a three and a half point favorite at home against Carolina. Neither of us really believe that much of Bryce Young. So kind of get a mediocre team out of the way in Atlanta and a spot where if Washington busts, then we could jump the, you know, a lot of people. I think we're ultimately going to lean into Washington just because in, in Circa, which is where our survivors are, you've got to win 20 games, which means you have to have 20 teams. And at the end of the day, Washington's going to be one of the top 20 teams most likely. So we're probably going to have to use them at some point and kind of feels like there's no better spot. So I'm not sure, though. We, we, we haven't fully committed. Yeah, my only concern is the divisional dog aspect in that Atlanta game and in the Seattle Rams one. I know Cooper Cup's out, but like the divisional dogs, I think are something like seventy four percent in Week One um, over the like the last like ten years. And I know it's just one data point and it's a trend. Who cares? But it's just something I remember last year. Wasn't there? Didn't everybody load up on the Jags and they ended up losing to the Colts or something? And it was like everybody uh, got wiped out. I did not get wiped yeah. out. I mean, I didn't have that one. We we did get wiped out. We spread our entries last year on Cincinnati against Pittsburgh, which matches your uh, division. Yep. Your thought process right there with the divisional dog, and we lost that one. And we also had the Niners and Trey Lance and the Monsoon oh. against the Bears. So those were the, those were our two games that took us out. We were, you know, but that's why it's sometimes beneficial just to just to fade the chalk and if you would have faded those three games which were the three most popular games i think um indianapolis was for sure the most popular game and we faded that one correctly but we didn't land on the right alternative um look if you want to win survivor there i'll never forget i had yeah if you have a lot of entries you know i do have a friend who does uh, he's part of like a big syndicate and he has a lot of entries and he's like takes pieces of a lot of different things and loves to just gamble big on on survivor he thinks it's the most fun sweat of the season um and he re- they really spread it around and he always gets a team or two near the end we're not really like that my 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 partner and i we if we get there, we want to be able to diversify come week five or week six. So we're not going to put all the entries on one, but we really try to hone in on the couple that we think are the best. So when somebody does lose, you're not losing any of your entries too. So um, that's kind of our, our philosophy on it. But you definitely have to look look the schedule out. I, I got bounced last year. I had Patriots on Monday Night Football against the Bears. And I was, I think, the Bailey Zappi game. And I was just stunned. And I was, like, one of the last guys standing. This was, like, late in the season. I was just befuddled. It sucked. It was painful. Anyways, let's get to week one. Um, let's start with this. David, is there a game 
on Sunday or Monday that jumps out at you as one where you find you have an edge or that that's a game you absolutely love and you want to get a piece of? Well, I haven't really dove, uh, dove into week one yet. I just really want a lot of the news to settle out. But I will say that I'm most likely going to be on Seattle. Um, I know that mm-hmm. you have the divisional dog thing. But in my opinion, Seattle is is one of these teams that I really love for this year. And I'm going to be on them oh. a lot this year. Um, one of my favorite teams. I, I actually think that they have a very good chance to unseat the Niners. I think that's pretty much a, a coin flip between the two of them. And you're getting like plus 250 or 270 or something on, on the Seahawks to win that division. So I like the Seahawks and I want to take advantage before the rest of the world kind of wakes up on them. And I'm really out on this Rams team. Um, I know Stafford's back, but uh, with no cup and a very bad offensive line and maybe in a historically bad defense. I don't think many of these guys other than Aaron Donald on this defense would even start on many of the other teams in the NFL. So um, I really think that the Seattle passing game, they, they really are, are very good across the board on offense. They can run the football. They can pass the football. Um, they have a great home field advantage. No Cooper cup. I mean, this team, this, this season's already started so poorly for the Rams. I, I really feel like they're going to be an an early tanking team. And I think they should, honestly. I think it's it's time for them to move on. They sold their soul to win the Super Bowl, and that's fine. Um, but at the end of the day, this team's not going anywhere with an aging Matthew Stafford. You know Caleb Williams wants to stay in L.A. I mean, he's an L.A.-type guy. He's got the, all the charisma. He's got all the flash. And they and, and they can kind of control their own destiny. If they manage to tank enough early, they can control their own destiny versus the Cardinals. So um, hmm. I do kind of think that the Rams are kind of a long shot team or, uh, you know, kind of if you want to put something out there, maybe best record or I mean, worst record. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking. I like Seattle a lot. I think uh, as far as an underdog, uh, I'm. I'm still out on Russ Wilson. Uh, if you remember, you know, last year I was oh, out man. on him. I'm out on the Broncos. I'm out on Russ Wilson. And I think the I think the Raiders can keep it close. I mean, I, I love Sean Payton. We all love Sean Payton. But at the end of the day, let's not act like he's, you know, incapable of losing games. I mean, this last few years in New Orleans mm. with a pretty good squad, he was kind of, you know, middle of the pack. And so, I mean, yeah, it, it's great. And I, I'm sure he'll build a winner there long term. But their wide receiver core has all types of injuries. We don't know what we're getting out of Javante Williams, which obviously running backs don't matter that much. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like the Raiders have a puncher's chance. I don't think this is going to be a real high-scoring game. So getting over a field goal kind of lean towards towards them mm-hmm. as well. Interesting. What do you make of uh, one of these syndicates, uh, Right Angle Sports? They hit Washington pushing in, I think, from like five and a half or six to seven. And it may go up more as we get closer to kickoff, if it's true that Clayton Thune or whatever his name is, is the starter. Um, you know, I, I know you don't put a ton of stock into, into that kind of thing, but you know, Jonathan Gannon, new coach, no quarterback, but Gannon was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles who faced Eric Bieniemy's offense. Although it was Andy Reid's offense in the Super Bowl. Obviously Sam Howell is not Patrick Mahomes, but like the familiarity, do you give an edge there at all? Uh, to Gannon or or perhaps the enemy. Hey, we know what this guy likes to do. We know his tendencies. We abused him in the second half. Um, I, I, I don't like big favorites, but I think on my card for the circuit contest, I'm probably going to be on Washington. 
Well, I think you're just dealing with too many unknowns in this football game. I mean, yes, uh, you know, we want to believe that Sam Howell's taking the next step. Yes, we want to believe that the Cardinals are the worst team and the worst franchise. We want to believe that Gannon and his corny pump you up speeches, you know, translate onto the field. But at the end of the day, we really don't know what we're getting with this Cardinals team. We really have no idea. I mean, it would. Nick Sirianni gave one of the worst opening press conferences in the history of football when he took that job with the Eagles. Everybody thought he was doomed to fail. Dan Campbell, same thing. We all made fun of his bite your kneecaps off. We don't really know what we're getting with a lot of these coaches. They're coordinators, and we want to think like that they're they're either really good or really bad, but we, you don't really know how these guys are going to uh, command a locker room, you know, who's on their staff and, and whatnot. So I this really isn't a game that I'm going to lean into. I mean, like we talked earlier, Washington for Survivor, just because of their lack of options later in the season, I think is attractive. But I'm not really looking into – it wouldn't surprise me anything happened. If the Cardinals came out spirited, they're, you know, all this Whoa. bull about them being the worst team and all that. But Interesting. Um, I, do, I do have a question about another divisional matchup. Uh, divisional dogs at home are gold in week one. Uh, I think a guest this week, TA, had it something like 21 and 5, maybe, or, or, or in week one. So, some obscene number. I'll have to go back and listen to it. But the Cleveland Browns fit that description, and they're at home against the Bengals. There's also the angle of teams that did not make the playoffs don't get bet in week one like teams that did make the playoffs. Bengals made it. Browns didn't. So it feels like the public's going to hammer the Bengals, yet we're seeing a two and a half, meaning they know the books can't put it at three because the buyback will be massive. It feels like this is a spot for Cleveland. They're four and one against Burrow. I know that doesn't mean a lot. Um, I think I'm going to be on Cleveland in the contest. Where are you? Where are you on that one? I would definitely leave, lean Cleveland. Uh, I do like Cincinnati's chances long term to win this division. Although I think it is by far the toughest division in football. Uh, but I really like this Cleveland team too. The one thing you can just count on is is line play. Um, that's really. You know, we you don't have to worry about like a lot of the things with that. And again, Cleveland's got really good line play. Uh, Burrow obviously is coming off injury, which the guy's Superman, so I'm not really that worried about it. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Uh, I feel like I, I, I agree with you on this one. I think Cleveland's my play if I'm going to play the game. Uh, but you know, divisional game under a field goal, it, it wouldn't surprise me to go either way. Yeah, yeah. I got to ask about my Jets, uh, David. Jets, Bills. I think it's the best game of week one. Um, I don't want to overhype it, but if the Jets go down and their offensive line gets just besieged, they then have to go to Dallas short week to face Micah Parsons and a nasty defensive front. Um, it could be doom for the Jets. I, I, I think I think they're going to beat the Bills in week one. Now, the line's kind of pinged. It came down to one. Now I see it back up to two. Um, your thoughts on Jets-Bills Monday? Probably not a contest play for me, though. Yeah, not a contest play for me for sure, uh, but I lean Bills. I think the bill, the continuity on the Bills is just um, very strong. Uh, Josh Allen has is, is finally recovered from his all his nagging injuries last year. I think teams, I think the public just kind of sours on, on teams when they don't get it done. I think people are kind of sleeping on the Bills a little bit. They're just kind of tired, you know. They were the preseason favorites last year, didn't get it done. They had a chance the year before. They were the darlings, couldn't get it done. I think people are just kind of off them, and, and the Jets are kind of the darlings. I do worry about that offensive line. Uh, the Bills' defense is very good. I, I think that they're 
is a lot of, I don't know, Josh Allen's just that kind of guy I want to walk through fire for. And, and I can't imagine them, you know, getting all hyped up for this really, this Jets team that's gotten all the publicity and the Jets are going to take this division. And Aaron Rodgers came here because, you know, this division's winnable. And, and the Dolphins, you know, if you don't like the Jets, you like the Dolphins. Nobody's really talking about the Bills. Uh, I feel like they're kind of a under-the-radar, really good team. So I, I kind of lean towards the Bills uh, in this one, but not a real strong opinion because I do think it's going to be a good game. I mean, the, the Jets are impressive. All right, David Baker, obviously follow him uh, on social media. He's uh, winning contests. He's a legendary poker player. And we'll, we'll bring you on midseason to see how everything's going, uh, David. Uh, enjoy uh, opening weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Great, great stuff from David Baker. He is the man. Love his predictions and analysis and the way he breaks things down. A big fan of his work. Don't agree with him on everything in week one. All right. So we had uh, some success with the best bet on the Lions Chiefs. Um I said 31-30, they won 21-20. I'll take it. 
<coughs> money line 243 is a nice little victory to start the season. That being said, it's a long season. It could be a long opening weekend. Let's pace ourselves, okay? Um, I will go over bets that I've already made, and then I will go over my likely picks in the contest. Um, we will start with the Browns. If you hit, missed the TA interview, he broke down why I got Browns two and a half when he's after he was on the pod. I, I listened to him. I, I looked into all this Jim Schwartz stuff that he talked about. Um, I, I think the Browns can win this outright, so I have a little money line. It's at two now. I, I think you could take it. I think it's going to continue to go down. I think the Browns are the side. I read a really interesting piece. Um, this guy, Jeff Fogel, I don't know if you guys follow him. I only heard about him last year. Apparently, longtime Vegas guy. And he was putting stuff on Twitter. Then he started a Substack. I, I don't, I'm not advocating going spending money on a Substack, but I read a couple things from him that I, and I liked it. So I subscribed. And he had a good breakdown of what the two and a half meant. Now, we all know when the line's two and a half, the, the books don't want to go to three, but he had a really extensive breakdown on why. And it basically means the sharp money likes the underdog when it's at two and a half. If it doesn't go to three, that's because the Sharps are waiting, waiting to come the other way. I think there's two games this weekend that exemplify that. The Cleveland Browns, two, now it's two and a half, now down to two, and the other is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I've hyped the Steelers. I got them at three. I'm fine with them at two and a half. I'm all in on the Steelers. They will 100% be a contest play. The Browns are like 95% a contest play. I'll see on Denzel Ward and probably maybe get spooked at the end. Um, but Pittsburgh, I think, was my favorite side of the weekend uh, for, for a long time. I'm pot committed. I am, and I kind of regret these two favorites, but um, Washington. Um, remember, Adam Turnoff came on the pod. He's at Right Angle Sports. Right Angle Sports had Washington at six, so I grabbed it. It's now at seven. I don't hate it at seven. Now, TA's on the other side. He has a connection in Arizona and feels like they're going to be competitive. I just, you look at that offensive line for Arizona, I think they're starting a rookie at center. And it's not like a first-round pick rookie. Uh, they got a rookie at tackle. Um, and you got Josh Dobbs running for his life against a really, really good Washington front. I, I, I don't see Arizona having much success. Now, maybe Sam Howell vomits all over himself, urinates down his leg, and Washington is a disaster, and they just keep handing the ball over, and Arizona hangs around. I don't see that happening. I think the stadium's going to be juiced up with Daniel Snyder out, I believe Washington wins handily. Don't know about him in a contest, though. Um, I, I don't mind. I, obviously, I have six. I don't mind seven either. Now, the other side that I have um, is Denver. And there is a lot of... Jason, wait a minute. You've been talking all the time about divisional dogs. Correct. Denver's at home. Denver has a considerable advantage at home. There is some stuff going on with the Raiders. I don't understand the Chandler Jones like being locked out of the facility. It sounds like it's kind of ugly. Um, I think Sertan on Devontae Adams. Sertan will want revenge. Devontae got him last year good. By the way, Derek Carr like had an arm. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't. And look at it in San Francisco last year. Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the ball deep and outside, which is, by the way, the pattern that Adams ran to beat Sertan on a pass from Carr. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo can't make that throw. When Brock Purdy came in for him last year, Brock Purdy had the longest air throw, um, I think it was like two weeks in, and that was after Garoppolo had been the quarterback for several weeks. It was unbelievable. Like, basically, they were saying Garoppolo couldn't make certain throws deep. Brock Purdy can. So what's going to happen when this Denver front, which is improved and better, let's, uh, it's early, let's think Randy Gregory will be okay to play. Uh, he's always hurt. I do believe this Denver team kind of opens a can here. Sean Payton, I, I, I cited it on her. Do you remember when Tom Brady was the Bucks 
uh, first time his start the opening season goes to Tampa and they go to New Orleans and everybody and their mom was on the Bucks. Everybody. And the Saints kicked their ass. I mean, and Peyton, I'm just saying, he's a really good coach. I don't pretend to know him closely. I didn't go out to dinner with him. But the guy was on the set like every week. And I'm just telling you, during commercial breaks, he would instantly go back to all these motivational techniques that he would do and employ. He's he's really good. I, I'm rooting for him. So I am a sneaky, closeted Denver Broncos fan this season. And I'm going to be on him this week. They're at home at altitude. I'm going to like him in week two as well. My only concern is if they handle the Raiders, I know it's divisional, could be close. Let's say this is 24-10 Broncos, and the defense is great, and Russell Wilson looks like his old self. I I think you're going to get an inflated number for Denver next week. Um, So I'm going to jump on the Denver bandwagon now. Um, Don't know if I'm taking them in the contest, but I have bet them. Minus four. A couple totals. I have under 40 for Atlanta, Carolina. If you couldn't tell, uh, I like Atlanta a lot. Uh, go look at the Carolina injury situation. First of all, the offensive line is not good. They got boat raced in the offseason. Uh, I'm sorry, in the preseason, their their offensive line just got destroyed by the Jets and the Giants. And the receiving unit, uh, Thielen didn't practice Thursday. Uh, Terrence Marshall's banged up, who's like their number three or four. And um, one other receiver, uh, Shark, didn't practice Thursday. It's like, is Jonathan Mingo the rookie, who I did grab in a fantasy league, is he really going to be? Uh, you're, you're starting number one receiver. And again, I don't think Atlanta, now Terrell's a pretty good cornerback, but I don't think Atlanta's defense is anything great. I just don't know if Bryce Young's going to survive. So I like Atlanta to win handily. I don't like a lot of points from Carolina. I could see like 27-9 or something like that. Um, so I have the under. I have the over in Jacksonville, Indy, over 43 and a half. I don't trust the Jacksonville defense. I think it's way overhyped. I, I, I know we talked divisional home dogs are money. TA gave the number. Divisional home dogs, 21-5 and five run since, I think it's 2010, in week one. I just don't know if I have the stones. I don't have the cojones to take Indy here. I, I just don't. Um, I'm sure I'll regret not taking them, and they'll pull the upset outright. You know, um, It's possible I, I get excited and just fire on the money line, just a pizza money leading up to the game, but I just I can't. I, I, they're just so devoid of talent. And we know Jacksonville has the ability to score with all the weapons they have. They got, but with adding Calvin Ridley, man, this team's got some juice. I, I don't like the Indy defense, but bottom line is I think there'll be points. Um, I probably should take Indy, but I'm being a wuss. And the final total I have is the over 43 and a half in Houston, Baltimore. Um, I believe there'll be some garbage time action from the Texans. Um, would not be surprised if this was like 40 to 17, 40 to 14. Ravens are going to score. I don't know about at will, but they will score a lot of points here. Um, so those are the three totals I like. Other games I'm looking at. Um, it's funny. I've been trashing Tampa all offseason. I don't think they're good. But you look at this spread, and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How are they? How is Minnesota favored by, is it six and a half, or is it down to five? How the hell? Yeah, it was six. It's now down to five and a half, and as I'm recording this Sunday, I'm sorry, not Sunday night, I'm recording this Thursday night, I see Bet Chris, perceived to be the sharpest book because they take a lot of big bets, it's down to five. I think you have to bet Tampa Bay in this spot. Go look at the Minnesota defense. I think they lost five starters. And it's not like they were that great to begin with last year. They had, I think, 11-0 and in one-score games, ridiculous good fortune in um, come for, uh, comebacks, and yes, they're at home, 
And yes, in the opener last year, they showed really well against Green Bay and destroyed them. I just think this Tampa team with Baker, Evans, Godwin, there's not going to be any quit. They're going to keep throwing. And I don't think Minnesota can put up much resistance. They just don't have the talent on defense. So I think Tampa's going to hang around. Now, this is one of those, Jay, Jay, be careful. It's not a divisional matchup. It's just... So I'm looking at Tampa in the contest. I, I don't love it, but man, it, it it's a little tasty. I don't think anyone's going to have them either. Um, so it would be like a little edge. The other game, uh, oh wait, did I mention Atlanta? Yeah, I think I have Atlanta as, as a near lock at three and a half in the contest. Um, I just looked up Brian Burns, who's a great edge rusher. He's holding out. So like Ritter should be able to have his way against Carolina. I know the defense has some dudes, but uh, I think the Atlanta offense is going to have some success there. Um, I'm not going to be taking Baltimore in the contest because I have vowed not to do double-digit favorites um, because it always kills me. I say I'm not going to do it. I say I'm not going to do it. Then there's someone minus 11. Oh, come on. There's a friggin' layup. And then they blow it. So I'm not doing double-digit favorites at all in the contest this year. Um, I don't think I'm going to do Saints-Titans in the contest. I, I like the Saints a lot this year. I had liked them in this opener. And you start reading some stuff about Tennessee and looking into it, and you're like, damn, they, can this Tennessee freaking... They're going to hang around, aren't they? Vrabel is a great coach. Dennis Allen, we know, is historically not a great coach. Um, so I'm probably going to shy away from Saints in the contest. And if this goes down to three, I'll know I was right. And the contest has three and a half, so maybe I take Tennessee. Now, I will add one other thing, guys. Um, a buddy said, hey, do you want to be in this um, sports picks um, a weekly contest. And essentially it is you pay $200 for the season and every week you have to pick every game against the spread. Every game. And every week somebody's going to win money if you win first and then there's an end of the season prize that's bigger. Um, so I'll just admit I had Detroit. Um, the line was six and a half because I guess the lines are frozen. Um, I'm just going to do it this week because I don't know who's listening, who else is in this contest. I have a great feeling about week one. So I have Washington. I picked Washington minus six and a half. I have Atlanta minus three and a half. Cleveland, it's only plus one and a half here. I have Baltimore minus nine and a half. I took Indy plus three and a half. Now that's way down from five. Um, I don't know how the hell they have Indy at three and a half, but I, I'm on Indy. I got Pittsburgh two and a half. I have Tampa six and a half. I took Tennessee plus three and a half. Green Bay plus two and a half. I have major concern with that. I want to take the Packers this week. But this Watson-Dobbs wide receiver situation. Um, listen, we just watched the Chiefs struggle mightily at receiver. And that's with Patrick Mahomes. So now you're taking out Dobbs and Watson maybe not playing. And I'm like, I, I, I can't touch the Packers. Um, so so, so I think I'm going to have to lay off them. But in, in this thing, you know, divisional dog, I think I can take Green Bay in this in this pick'em contest. Seattle minus 5.5. I'm strongly considering them in the contest as well. Denver minus 4.5 on them. Chargers minus 2.5. I like them. That's going up to 3, by the way. Um, and just keep an eye out on that Dolphins injury report. Teron Armstead doesn't sound like his, he's going to be a go. The left tackle. Kind of a big deal. Going against Abosa. You're going to want to monitor that. Tua in game one. I did see an awesome note. I mean, this is just an incredible nugget that last year the Chargers had one of the best game plans against the Dolphins. It was just an awesome game plan, man man coverage press, and they forced um, Tua to make the deep outside throws. N nothing available in the middle of the field, and Tua couldn't make the throws. Chargers bottled them up. It was great. The defensive coordinator from the Chargers was hired 
by the Dolphins in the offseason. If you a classic, if you can't beat them, join them. Right? You gotta love that. Um, so I I, I I like the Chargers there, but we'll see. Um, I it just I think I like the Chargers at SoFi. Um, Patriot. I, I okay. This was a tough one. Patriots Eagles. I have Patriots plus four and a half. Speaking of coaching moves, this one's interesting. Anybody know where Matt Patricia is right now? And I'm asking that. Um, hold on. Let me just Google Matt Patricia. I'm asking that. What's the word? Damn it. Um, I know the rhetorically. It's a rhetorical question. Matt Patricia last year was the Patriots offensive coordinator. So he knows Mac Jones really well. Uh, Wikipedia. Matt Patricia is the senior defensive assistant for the Philadelphia Eagles. Huh. Interesting. Matt Patricia, with the Patriots all last year, knows what Mac Jones is and limited and everything. Tendencies. And now he goes to Philadelphia. And he's a defensive guy. So I wonder if we will see some tweaks from the Eagles defensively how they approach Mac Jones because of the um, intimate knowledge that Matt Patricia possesses of Mac Jones, who I don't even think is very good. Um, So I'm doing Patriots in the contest just because it's four and a half. But man, I want to bet the Eagles here. This looks to me like it could be a... Eagles 34, Patriots 13. Jason, how did you miss a layup like that? The Eagles are really good. It could, I feel like we could see that, but there is the Super Bowl hangover note. Some guy tweeted it at me. I had to look it up to make sure it was accurate. Um, the Super Bowl loser is 4-18 and 18 against the spread in week one in the last 22 years. 4-18. and 18. Staggering. Uh, New York Giants, I took plus 3.5 in this pick'em contest. I don't know if I have the stones to take them. In the real contest, where real money is at stake, like real money, uh, you know, I, and I want to be competitive in that, um, and that's kind of what you have to do. I know I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. To to be competitive in this thing, you're going to have to hold your nose and take some of these dogs with fleas. And if you just look at the matchups, the Dallas Cowboys have infinitely more talent than the Giants. But divisional matchup, home dog, it checks the boxes. Jason, what are you doing? Uh, and, of course, Jets. I'm taking the Jets over the Bills. At any rate, those are best bets. Um, that's a lot of them. I, I don't want to go through every game every weekend, but I just did. At any rate, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. I can't wait for Monday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 